0: From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show.
1: Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow, and we are going to have some fun for the next half hour. Get ready for a supply-side growth seminar with my very, very dear friend and mentor, Dr. Arthur Laffer, who was the longtime chairman and chief economist of Laffer Associates. He's a Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient given to him by President Trump. He has a brand-new book out, Taxes Have Consequences in Income Tax History of the United States. Arthur, um, on the TV show last night, I talked about Liz Truss, and I talked about her this morning a little bit. But nobody can talk about it the way you can talk about it. But the idea here is it looks like supply-side growth economics – is making a comeback with the new prime minister of Britain. And quite possibly, Art, I would add to that, that um, Kevin McCarthy uh, unveiled his commitment to America, and he wants to make the Trump tax cuts permanent. Anyway, I know you're on top of the Liz Truss story, so why don't I just turn it over to you? Go. Well, you know, it's very exciting, Larry. Uh, I haven't seen
0: anything like this since Thatcher came in. Uh, you know, we dropped the highest rate, if you're talking about uh, earned income, some unearned income, some, time, some of it was up as high as 98%. And she dropped it down over her term in office, down to 40%. Now, all those are different types of tax rates, and some is on unearned income, some on earned income, whatever. But then it got into Gordon Brown, if you remember, and he popped that rate from 40% to 50%. And then I can't remember what his name was, the next prime minister, who dropped it back down to 45%. And there it is sat. There was a section in the uh, uh, exchequer that looked at all the revenue aspects. By raising that rate from 40 to 50, the revenues went way down. There was a whole section in the exchequer. that, By the way, they called it the Laffer section, which went through all the revenue feedbacks. Just like Trump, of course, when they lowered the tax rates, revenues went up. When they raised the tax rates on the rich, the revenues went down. Well, you know, this time she gets in there, uh, and uh, she hires a guy named Quasi uh, uh, Quenteau, uh who is really a wonderful guy, a dear friend of mine for a long, long time, hmm. uh, born in Ghana, uh, raised in Britain, more British than any Britisher ever was, black as the ace of spades, just wonderful economist, <laughs> Oxford educated. And he... Just did the most magnificent job with her support. He got rid of the say uh, of the earnings cap that had been put in by Britain to say hey, you can 't earn more than this amount. It was all over Britain. He mm-hmm. got rid of that instantaneously opened up all the drilling off the coast of England uh, for oil. Mm-hmm. I mean amazing. He also got rid of the top tax rate larry the forty five percent it drops down to a much lower rate got rid of the surcharge on some of the incomes earned in britain and has just done an amazing oh and one other thing he did as well he got rid of the stamp tax Hmm. now the stamp tax is a tax that you have to pay when you buy or sell a house or a building or any type of property you have to have a stamp tax they charge a tax for buying and selling property got rid of all of that larry all in one swoop now the neatest thing about britain is the conservative control parliament period so it's done. The whole thing is just done. It doesn't have to go through all sorts of committees and that sort of stuff. It's done quickly, so I am really, really excited about the experiment going on in Britain. They've got two years before they have to have their next election, and I think she's done it in plenty of time to be able to see the economic consequences occur in the British Isles. By the way, I I'll would add, add for a summary. Uh, That's
1: pretty good, by the way, for Saturday. Thank you. It's very good, actually. You're at the we at the farm in Kentucky. I am at the farm in Kentucky. <laughs> okay. I'm up here. I just watched a big
0: flock of turkeys go across my front yard. I mean, it's way cool up here, too. I'm in a good mood today except for my stock market portfolio. But I think that'll come back once we take the house.
1: There you go. So you know what else they did uh, on this plan? They restored the full expensing. uh, for plant and equipment and machinery and all that, which is very, very, very important. very important. And they stopped the hike. There was a scheduled hike in the the corporate corporate tax, and they stopped that, so it's going to stay at 19%, uh, and they'll be very competitive. Now, Arthur, um, the lefty media, and and interestingly, the the business media, the FT, Bloombergs, uh, CNBC, and others – are attacking this. They say that these tax cuts are inflationary. In fact, they blamed the Liz Truss announcement for yesterday's decline in the American stock market. Now, um, tell us why her tax cuts will, over time, not only promote growth, more people working and producing and investing, but will also pay for themselves.
0: Yep. Let me, if I can, go back to the debates we had in the 70s, Larrys. You yep. may remember yep. Walter Heller and all these others said that the Kemp Roth tax cuts would lead to hyperinflation, 30%, 40 50% rates of inflation. This was the mantra of the Democrats back then, that you got to vote against these radical tax cuts that Reagan is proposing. Otherwise, we'll have the huge inflation. And you and I and others on the supply side, Jack Kemp and some of the others, argued just the opposite, that... You know, inflation is not by, caused by people going back to work. It's just not. Uh, in fact, just the opposite. If you increase the supply of goods and services, that by itself will lower inflation because mm-hmm. inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And if you increase the quantity of goods, mm-hmm. that will have the effect of lowering inflation. Though That was the argument back in the late 70s, very early 80s. And we won. I mean, we not only won the issue. We got the tax cuts. But we also got a huge drop in inflation of incredible proportions, and they're coming back to the same old argument, and it's wrong. It's a demand-side argument that if you cut taxes, you'll increase the demand for goods and services without increasing the supply, and that will lead to higher inflation. If that were true, uh, we should raise taxes to 100%, and then there'd be no inflation but no goods.
1: Biden would love to do that. Janet Yellen would. Love he would to they to would 100%. love to
0: do anything to stop oil and production, <laughs> and also to make sure rich people don't earn any income, even if it means the poor people die. They just really dislike rich people and oil. So,
1: <laughs> that's not all, but that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, that's so. They, they so dislike at, other things too. You know, again for listeners, uh, well, they think I'm nuttier than a fruitcake, but you're much more important. But I want to go through this. Why is it now? You always say you tax something more, you're going to get less of it. You tax something less, you'll get more of it. That is the incentive effect. Now, can you walk us through? Listeners are listening to this. Uh, What does incentives mean? Why is it better for it to pay more after tax?
0: Well, the the incentive effect is, is why do you work? You work to be able to earn an income, and why do you want to earn an income? Because you want to buy goods and services. This is what's called Say's Law. The supply of work effort is the demand for goods and services, which is very, very true. Now, when you destroy that incentive that if you work harder and you don't make any more money, uh, you will not be able to have higher incomes after tax. You won't be able to buy more goods. So why in the heck would you want to work? The marginal rate of substitution between labor and leisure, as we call it in technical economics, Mm -hmm. is the tax rate. And that tax rate, the higher it is, the less goods you get for every hour you work. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, people will work less. That's the substitution effect. Now, there is also something, if you let me ramble, there's also the income effect. It is true that if you cut tax rates on high-income earners, they will have higher incomes. With those higher incomes, they may want to consume more leisure. So, therefore, the income and the substitution effect always work in the opposite direction for income earners. That's always true. And from this, the uh, people sometimes argue that you can't tell whether a tax cut will increase or reduce uh, the production of goods and services. But, But that's wrong, too, because if you had the people earning the exact same amount, Larry, the rich ones, so the income effect exactly offsets the substitution effect. The government would collect less revenues, which means there'd be less transfers to people, other people, and means that they would work more. The income effects in an economy always cancel out, and the substitution effects always dominate. Right. Always. That's the key point. That's why you have more income guaranteed. Now, this is Shoup and Gwartney did this in an AER article in in, uh, the 80s, 1980s. It's uh, if you look at the Slutsky equations and technical economics, all of them confirm exactly what I'm describing to you as the income effects net to zero, but the substitution effects always prevail which means whenever you have a tax rate reduction. Now, it's a tax rate reduction
1: that's critical. And a permanent good. a permanent tax well, rate a permanent reduction. permanent is much better than short-lived. Right? Uh, because of that, course. Right, because I that, mean, the Trump tax cuts should be made permanent. Well, I, I'm going to get to that in the, in the next uh, uh, few moments, but that's the key point. The incentive effect, as long as people know it's going to be around for a good many years— I guess nothing is always permanent in life, but I'm just saying it's not— It's not like a tax rebate where you get something, and you go out and spend it in the first 20 minutes, and there's no uh, incentive effect for for employment and production. And that's just –
0: that's inflationary. A tax rebate is
1: inflationary. But but Liz Truss is talking about reducing marginal tax rates. So the extra dollar earned will be taxed at the lower rate, and that is the incentive effect. Period. Period. Exactly, Larry. That's it. You you can see, I mean, you can
0: see it very clearly on prices. If the price of apples goes up, uh, everyone's going to consume less apples and everyone's going to produce more apples. I mean, it's the incentive effect is the same thing for everyone across the board. And that is exactly why you cut rates because it means your marginal incentive to work more increases
1: for everyone, not just one group versus another for everyone across the board. That's exactly right. Um, Because I'm not as smart as you. She didn't make the mistake that we've made, Larry. Let me just tell you,
0: she did not.
1: No delay. She got rid of the highest tax
0: bracket, the 45% rate. She didn't cut tax rates across the board, which we Americans do all the time. She did a much better job. She did the same thing that Abuchi did in Japan Mm. many, many years ago. Mm. Just gets rid of the highest tax bracket. Mm. And that's the way to do it. Just get rid of the bracket.
1: One last point before I got sure. to break. Got to break, uh, and then we're going to come back and 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 do some more. But um, besides the incentives effect, besides the growth effect, you have always said, uh, and the Laffer curve is important to this. At lower tax rates, tax avoidance goes down. Oh yeah, this is and so that important. helps the revenue flow. In yeah. fact, now let me just finish this. Yeah, sure. lower tax rates will yield higher revenues because you have more people working and producing and so higher incomes will be taxed. And then secondly, there's no point in dodging anymore. You don't have to avoid. You just pay it and you're going to get more revenues at lower rates.
0: This effect that you're just talking about in the book, in my book coming out, the taxes have consequences is so dominant in the history of the U.S., for example, Warren Buffett in 2010, you could arguably had a, a Hague-Simon income about $12.5 billion uh, in that year, and he, had, uh, he paid taxes of about $7 million. Right. All of that was sheltering. All <laughs> of that was sheltering. Right. Now, he made a lot of income. That's true. But he sheltered it so that he paid as little as oh, a normal guy making twenty one million would pay if he paid his regular tax. This guy made twelve and a half billion. It went
1: into his trust. The whole buck. Went, oh yeah, he went gave into it away. His trust. But into his
0: yeah. controlled trust, right. he also had all of the insurance companies with Berkshire Hathaway. He did all of his capital transactions so there were no capital gains within the structure of Berkshire Hathaway. So he literally paid only seven million in income taxes mm-hmm. and. You know, and everyone does that. They just aren't honest enough like Warren Buffett to tell us all how he did it. He made that very clear in a letter to the New York Times. It was just absolutely spectacular of him to do that. I all mean, right. I, I
1: laud him for telling us all how he all does right. it. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, okay, sorry. Qu- no, quick break. Stay right where you are. Quick break. Uh, I hope listeners are listening, and I hope to taking notes because you get yourself a supply side, laugh curve seminar the likes of which you're not likely to hear from any other person. That is why Arthur is so brilliant, and that is why he is so renowned. Now, I'm Kudlow. I'll be back with Arthur Laffer. We're going to talk a little bit about Kevin uh, McCarthy's commitment to America, which embodies the same principles. Stick with us, folks. Quick break. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow.
0: From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Welcome Show. Welcome back, folks. We are talking
1: to the brilliant Art Laffer about supply-side revival in Britain with new Prime Minister Liz Truss. And, Art, I want to come back home. Uh, Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America was published yesterday. And, um, essentially, they want to make the Trump tax cuts permanent, point number one. Point number two, they want to roll back the Biden uh, regulatory burden Uh, and three they want to reopen the fossil uh, industry Um, there's more to it than that but I want to just stay with that because I I think I just want to say because I'm not as smart as you never will be but I do love history and I wrote a book on this when supply-side tax cuts have been implemented under John F. Kennedy and Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump What happened was the economy grew, revenues rose, and we all lived happily ever after without inflation, without inflation. I just want to make that point. Now, we have high inflation today and recession and a bad uh, bear market in stocks. The commitment to America, Art, I think, unless you have a different point of view, unless you've heard some – Looks to be right on track, what you and I and Steve Moore and everybody else has been advocating. It looks like they're going to go ahead and do it and uh, take the House back.
0: Well, let's hope they do. I think the thing I love most of all about this, and it's like the contract with America back in, I think it was, what was it, 94? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, back, just like that, it's an honest display of here's what we intend to do if we come back into power. Mm-hmm. It's the honest thing to do to tell people what the legislative agenda will be. And I think that will help very much in getting them elected and us taking the House back, I hope. Uh, and what you described is totally correct. Your book with Brian Dimitrovic on uh, Kennedy and Reagan was mm-hmm. exactly right. Inflation was rampant coming into Reagan, if, as you reported And when they did the supply-side tax cuts, and they also did the monetary Paul Volcker, Mm -hmm. the inflation rate dropped like a stone, Larry, just as you reported. Same thing happened with Kennedy. I mean, the similarities are so striking. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's not liberal or conservative, left-wing or right-wing. It's just plain economics. And, Larry, if I can say, people are allowed to have their own opinions. I hear all these tweets about Kansas going to Britain and all that stuff. People are allowed to have their own uh, opinions, but they're not allowed to have their own facts. Mm, Right. And what you did in that book, Larry, you pointed out the facts of what happened when we had the tax cuts. That's all we did. What
1: actually resulted. I mean, there's no reason why Democrats— can't do that. Look, Bill Clinton. You should not. It was Kennedy. I, if yeah. I remember correctly, wasn't he a Democrat? Yeah, Kennedy. Was, actually, Bill Clinton cut the capital gains tax. For him I for supported
0: sakes. Bill Clinton. If you remember twice, yes. I voted for him, and I, I published it and wrote it. I know. And I love Bill Clinton. He did a great job.
1: <laughs> On most things.
0: Um, yeah, well, yeah. Monica Lewinsky, is, I, I, if that I were my things. daughter, I'd be really upset.
1: But um, <laughs> here's another point to round this out. Um, the uh, Laffer Mundell model. Robert Mundell, Nobel Prize winner, uh, recently passed away. That Laffer Mundell model had uh, essentially two. There's a monetary inflation lever, and then there's a tax cut growth lever. We've de- you've described yes. the tax cut growth lever, which is fabulous. But you also have to have a strong, reliable currency, and you want to avoid printing excess money. Yes. Now, I would say. Um, the Bank of England is behind the curve. I think the reason the pound is so soft is the Bank of England is way behind the inflation curve. Inflation is actually worse in Britain than it is here, and their uh, target rate is less. They only did 50 base points. Here, Art, and this is where I'm going, it looks to me like the Fed's moving in the right direction, and the dollar is quite strong. But what's missing here. Is the supply side incentives? I mean, unless and, and than until we take the House and Senate and White House back. Is that a fair assessment? It looks like. That, that is fair. It's
0: clearly correct what you say. Uh, I, I don't think it's the whole picture. And I think one of the pictures that's the problem on the, on the Fed, if I may, mm-hmm. is what you have to do is make bonds attractive relative to money. Mm. Now, I don't think the dollar is strong. It's really strong relative to a group of rotten currencies around the world. So we're the least bad mm. of a whole group of currencies that have been doing all of these policies. But the dollar is very weak against uh, against goods and services. Uh, the dollar is weak in the marketplace now. We have to make a good money. Mm. And a good money means that the Fed does, should not be required to intervene in the capital markets to keep interest rates low. They are intervening because their interest rates are way below where they should be in the market. The Fed needs to withdraw its price controls Mm. and let interest rates seek their own levels right away, just the way Paul Volcker did in 79, 80, 81. And by doing that, all of a sudden you make the dollar a lot stronger relative goods and service relative to bonds, and you'll get that inflation coming down really fast. Doing it slowly the way the Fed is doing it is creating a double whammy. It's creating a bad thing for the economy, and it's also postponing any type of inflation control.
1: So tell me, so if you unlock, uh, you're referring, I think, to the Fed Fund's target yes. rate.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. right if and he, they intervened to keep it that way.
1: If you unlock that, take the price control off, they would then do what? Well, then bond rates would
0: rise to where they should be. I mean, what would you, what would you, uh, be willing to earn in order to be attracted to buy a ten-year bond? Well, now, got- the yield right now is three seven. Let's say, yep. Uh, you wouldn't buy a ten-year bond for three point seven percent yield in this environment. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Ten years? No, you need to probably make seven, eight, nine, ten percent to do that if you did that all of a sudden you would make it attractive to buy bonds and your money mm. and then it would bring back controls to the monetary system to bring that inflation down
1: well don't they have to take money out of the monetary base they Well they sheet? would they're
0: putting money in right now by supporting interest rates mm. they have to at at that type of rates in the short term who on earth would buy a treasury t
1: bill so they should no one all right so they should slim down their portfolio which is the ultimate totally. money And then just let market let let all rates be market rates. Exactly, and then
0: just control the size of their portfolio. Right. You know, and now they've expanded it, Larry, to it's almost nine trillion dollars, which means there's absolutely no monetary constraint today Mm. to stop inflation from carrying on.
1: Mm. No, I like that. You follow me? I hope I've been clear on that. We don't. That's what Volcker did. I mean, they they say they're going to. Yes, well, that, that's right, actually. Volker was unafraid of where unafraid. rates would go. He was unafraid. And so what they did was they adjusted finally above the inflation rate. So we had positive real Bang. rates. Exactly. That's exactly what needs to be done. Then the inflation rate will tumble like a stone. So I would say to you, and let's assume that's a dollar, would boost the dollar. We still tax cuts and tight money. That was the rallying cry forty years yep. ago. It's still it's still in place, right? It's tax cuts and tight money.
0: Tight. That's the same model. It just works just as well now as it did back then, believe me.
1: Tight money holds down inflation. Tax cuts promotes economic growth. I'm, I'm running out of time. What a wonderful You're seminar. The best, Larry. Thank, Fantastic. You. thank you, Arthur, for talking this sir. week. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, folks, Talk that you. was one heck of a seminar. We're gonna take a break. And then we're going to talk to Cash Patel, national security expert, former chief of staff of the Defense Department, about what's going on in Ukraine. And he's got a very interesting new book out. I'm Larry Kudlow. Please stick around, folks. There's hope for us yet.